welcome to another episode of Dr. Me First. I have got some repeaters coming on today that I'm really excited to share with you. It's Dr. George, who also goes by Dr. Jeep, and his wife, Vanessa. So I talked to them a while back about physician marriage, and today we're going to talk about connection. But if you didn't hear that conversation from a while back, let me introduce you to Vanessa and Dr. Jeep. Vanessa is super passionate about helping couples live their marriage to its fullest potential, particularly since her first marriage ended in divorce. And from that experience, she brings knowledge and perspective of what it feels like to be in a marriage that wasn't working and now to be in a marriage that she works on daily. And Dr. Jeep, he is a physician for the last 31 years, and he's also been a marriage coach with Vanessa for 27. Since 2019, he and Vanessa have been specializing specifically in physician marriage coaching. And as a married physician and coach, Dr. Jeep helps mix his passion of coaching doctors and helping them find love and deeper connection in their careers and in their marriage. These two are just a hoot. I love hanging out with them. And so let's get into the conversation today so you can hang with us too. Welcome back to the podcast, Vanessa and Dr. Jeep. It's so great to have you guys here with me today. Oh, Aaron, you're such a good friend. It's always fun when we're in touch. And it just seems like it's been such a long time since we talked last and we were able to get our schedules together and finally making this happen for a second time. So it's it's awesome to be with you. Absolutely. I went into hibernation mode. (laughs) <laughs> a good part of yeah. the winter. I'm finally coming out in February, like the groundhog. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. You know, I, I forgot. Did, did, did he see his shadow or what? I think he saw a shadow, but I always say I don't care. I We are starting to here in Southern Indiana see a little flits of spring. The birds are coming back. My outside cats are starting to shed their hair. So I am getting optimistic. Wow. That's good. That's pretty huge. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. I I think we're a bit done with the snow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we know each other well, but for the people out in podcasting world who may not have heard the episode we did before, tell them a little about yourself and the magic you guys are putting into the world. Well, uh, we've been marriage coaches uh, generally for over 25 years. Actually, it's closer to 30. It's It's 29 this year. We've both been interested in coaching marriage because of what we've seen uh, growing up in ourselves. And I've been, you know, I was part of a physician marriage for years, and now we have been part of that ourselves. We just celebrated 30 years in November. So, so we, you know, we have a lot to, to give a, a lot of um, teaching points. We've been through a lot of the pain points and. We know the divorce rate that's out there that's still very high that and especially with with our brethren, with our colleagues that that deal with this uh, hellish morass that we call um, medicine these days. Uh, and certainly badass to burnout talks about what we go through. And when burnout happens, marriages and relationships are part of that burnout that occurs because, it seems like your spouse is a whipping post when you start to go through that burnout. And 
we are trying as much as we can to help as many healthcare professionals as we can to save their relationships and to teach them things that they've not likely been taught while they've been married and before. Definitely. Yeah, because it really is true. You don't go through burnout in isolation. And usually it's the people who are closest to us that we inflict the most harm. Well, I'm really excited about talking about this and specifically the topic we were kind of rolling around, which is connection, especially through transition in tough times. So let's go there. We were kind of listing earlier the stuff that had has happened since last time we talked. And one of the things that I had gone through is selling a house moving into a smaller house with everyone. I didn't leave anybody behind and doing renovations to hopefully open up some more space for us. And it's been very trialing with me and Mr. Dr. Wiseman. That's for sure. (laughs) One, and in in the way of we moved into his grandparents' home. And I don't think I fully expected the emotional burden that he felt when we moved here. Me, it was exciting. Yes, I'd visited here a lot of times. But he finally, after me saying, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's going on? Finally was able to process his emotions. And he said, when I step into our living room, it's not our living room. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get that. And like we talked about, we're going through a similar issue right now. All of our kids are out of the house. Now we have a daughter that's second year law school, and we have a son that is first year college, but we are essentially empty nesters. And so our house uh, is a good size for a family of five, but now we are essentially a family of two, and we, do not leave, we don't need this room. And so we made the decision to put our house on the market, and we were going to try to get it on the market early last year. And... We had some things that needed done around the house. We uh, got associated with the realtor. And so we needed a basically a handy person to do some touch-up things. Well, it turned out that the handy person wasn't so handy and ended up causing um, more issues than what we had. And so we had to end up letting them go. And that causes stress between you because... You're wanting to keep your house looking a certain way. You're wanting to prepare it for people to look at. And when it doesn't, it's like, well, why this and why that? And then you're trying to get it on the market in time. And you're having discussions with each other. And sometimes the blame game comes out. And then, you know, I, I can imagine physicians and healthcare professionals dealing with this on top of what they deal with with their jobs and the office and such. And so so it it's just been a long trying process and we ended up having to pay more money to get these things done because they actually created problems and so we didn't get the mark the house on the market until August and it's still kind of sitting there. The kids are kind of glad about it because this is the house that they grew up in and were very sad about hearing us talk about getting, you know, getting into something smaller. But, you know, we're not spring chickens anymore. (laughs) And it's a little bit much of a house to take care of. And 
as we've told them, you know, when you can move and you have the ability physically to move, instead of dumping that on a relative or a, you know, a, uh, a child or something like that, go ahead and do that. And that's fortunately where we are right now, but the market's just not, um, uh, not it's, cooperating, it's not is it? It's not cooperating. That's the perfect word. Yes. It's not cooperating. So those that kind of, you know, it can fray your connection because it's stressful. And, and so when you start to feel something fraying your connection, one is to recognize it. But the second thing is, is to spend time and, and figure out exactly why you're connection is being frayed and how we approach that. I think that's a great tip. You know, one thing that from my own experience in my own marriage also is going through that update every so often. So one thing that helps our frayed connection in the wintertime is we watch a lot of college basketball, especially Big Ten. And so we'll put the kids to bed and usually there's always, you know, a later game on and, and he'll sit on one couch and I'll sit on the other. But we, we, if it's not the Purdue Boilermakers, we usually talk through the game. And that was one thing we were talking about the other day is really recognizing that we are moving gently, I'm going to say, into middle age and, and how that's different and, and how you really have to take the time to see that person not as the 20 something or 30 something that you married, but where they are today. Because that's one issue that we saw in all the busyness of the past year is he was making assumptions based on the errand he knew from before, despite me saying, hey, I'm different. This is what's going on. And and through coaching and through, you know, really getting my own wellness in line, he really had a lot of difficulty with the move and with the remodel because he could no longer quote unquote read me. Yeah. 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 And and it, it is finding, and that's one thing. We have to find new ways to connect. Like I personally don't care to go to the movie theater anymore. I can stream from my home and I'd much rather stay home. And and that wasn't what I used to do. I used to love going out. And so I think, you know, tip number two is is like doing those like almost like on your phone where you have to do a reboot and upload a whole new operating system. And I don't know because we're been married 14 years this year. How often do you think you have to do that? Is it like every, like when you have to update your will every five to 10 years or is it more often than that? What's you guys' thoughts on it? Well, you know, I, I use the analogy that first you're the team, right? You're a team, you fell in love, you got married, and then life starts happening and life starts taking you down roads. And sometimes those roads, the road isn't, you're both not on the same road. And so you have to have, you know, timeouts. And um, when you're recognizing that you're going down a different road, is to try and reconnect and get on the same page again. We believe that is so important. And we think because misunderstandings are very easy. You know, we are are separate people. We're growing every day. And so the marriage has to grow as well. And if we're not checking in with each other and talking about the changes and 
Now I'm not reading you like I did before. It's time to start using some tools, like you said, and get back on the same page again. And one of the things you said was process our emotions. And it's so hard to do as human beings. And it's especially hard to do with healthcare providers because they have been taught to stuff the emotions. And it's it's just really, really hard. And farmers, by the way. I'm <laughs> um, sure. I was a farmer too. Definitely. It like I'll I'll tell you, you know, we're going through a we kind of went talked about this before we went on air is it's an issue right now with uh, an aging her mother and my mother-in-law and and it's it's extraordinarily stressful ah. and it has taken i mean we've had issues that we've had to deal with uh, but this has been a very significant and so we have had to spend a lot of time talking about it and, and like you said Spending time out of the situation. One uh, of the tools that we teach is, is doing a love huddle together. And for anyone listening, it's available on our website. Um, they can download a free chapter of Jeep's book, but they can also download the love huddle process. And when you're arguing with, with each other verbally and you don't feel like your partner is really hearing you, or you feel like you've said something and they've misunderstood what you've said. The best way to, to like bring this all back in is to work on writing and work on connecting with feelings and it works and describing. And we're huge proponents of this. And it's, it's so important through this process with my mom because you know, we can be triggered by anything. And then our mouth is flying off the handle when really, do we really want to say that to our spouse? And could it have been said in a more gentler, kindler way? And you have the ability to do this when you write, because you're not in trigger mode. You're sitting down, you know, consider it a journaling type of thing. You're sitting down and you're focusing. You're not being interrupted by your spouse. You're not, you know, preparing in your mind for the next thing to say to them as there, you know, becomes a volley back and forth of, of comments. And we've really had to rely on this through this mother-in-law process because oh, I don't there's, know a, I there's a chapter in my book yeah. called Words. Yeah. Because once those words come out of your mouth, it's like you can't reach out and suck them back in because they're out there. And we're human beings. Yeah. You're going to slip and things are going to come out that you don't, that you don't want to say. And so, as I say, words can build or destroy. Yep. And, you know, and we both have been guilty about that. It, but how you, how you prepare is just, you know, just practice about how you say what you say. And if you feel like you're you're about ready to run off at the mouth and be hurtful, then you need to say, okay. Time out. Time out. We need to uh, time out. We need to write about this. Mm -hmm. And so you take the paper and spend, you know, we usually recommend around 20 minutes, longer if necessary, but and then when you're done, then you uh, be very descriptive uh, about what you're feeling. 
use um, you know use different uh, ways like expressing your anger like a volcano would be one or your your discontent by a you know by a, a dark cloud that you feel like isn't going to ever get over you you know things like that where your partner or spouse are going to get where you're coming from with that so you're saying it not spitting it or yelling it and it, it just is a it just comes across differently and it, and because what it is is you're describing feelings to each other and he might not understand that when i feel alone I feel like I'm an Eskimo out in the middle of an ocean in an igloo all by myself. But by painting that picture, he can then feel how alone I truly feel. And by him feeling that, that creates empathy. And when empathy starts happening between the two of you around the feelings that you're feeling... That's when the walls come. I'm getting chills as I say this. That's when the walls come down and then you've you've reset your limbic system and now you're talking spouse to spouse. And that's how you, you know, take a pair of scissors and cut those frays and reattach that connection. Yep. Rewiring. That's for sure. One rewiring thing that Team Wiseman has had to do, you know, And primary care, family medicine, medicine in general, we hear data, we process data quickly, and we output. And one thing with Mr. Dr. Wiseman, as he has gotten older, he needs more time and space to process. And so with the events that have happened, I was like, ready to make decisions, ready to get, like, doing all the things. And finally, through miraculousness, is realizing it was one day... And I was just putting all my thoughts into a Google Doc. And he was just watching it fill and fill and fill and fill and thrill. And likewise, on his Google Doc, he had like five things. And I had five pages of things. Mm-hmm. And so really seeing that example, one of the the things I have to remind myself is that I have to give space for Craig to process. Yeah. And it's going to be longer than I like. It's going to probably be three times longer than I like. But if I can do that, one, it helps me find my words because sometimes it's just emotions that spew out of me. Exactly. I'm, I'm the volcano. Exactly. But it's finding, like you said, the, and then that also gives him a chance to wade through everything that is methodically and slowly rolling through him to gather his words. Absolutely. See, I'm like you, Erin, yes. and she is like, your husband. Yes. Because yes. I'm like, I'm like, oh. okay, let's let's get this over with. Yes. There's a problem here. Let's Moving on. It. Let's let's settle oh it. Move God. on. <laughs> and she's like crazy. Yeah. But, but that's been something that we've had to work through yes. our entire marriage. And I have gotten to the point, like you said, yes. where I'm like, okay, this can't be my way. I have to understand this is how she processes there are two people in this relationship it not may, just one it may yeah. not be how i process right and i can't say i want you to do it this way or process this way because if the if the other side does that frequently enough what that ends up causing is 
bitterness. Yes. I'm like, well, I don't have to say. And then disconnection let's, happens. Let's just do it your way. Yeah. You know? So that's yeah. not a way to handle it. So it's about navigating our strengths and our weaknesses. Yeah. Because my strengths and weaknesses are always going to be with me. I'm learning on a daily basis how how to become a better person with my strengths and weaknesses, but I am what I am. And and it's navigating that and understanding that he is who he is. And we're in this together. And you never stop working. Or you never should right. stop working on that. Because mm-hmm. your idea shouldn't be changing. It yes. should be, you know, it understanding, be understanding yeah. and to some idea acceptance. And I'm a big compromise guy. I mean, yeah, we should all be able to move a little bit yes. uh, to not compromise who we are. And so I, I, I'm about that. And you just have to keep that in mind. And the worst thing you can, can do is not communicate. And if you just Continue to keep it to yourself. You know, the walls get thicker. There's a wedge. They get taller, especially in what we do, Aaron. It's because we deal with patients every day and they demand so much of our time and so much of our mental space. And our spouses or our partners deserve at least some of that because they're the ones that really help to keep us grounded. Because where is our humanity without our spouses or our partners. One thing that I've had to do is reframe it in my head. Instead of seeing Craig as an anchor, seeing yep. him as my like my surgical timeout to be like, you good? We're good. Allergies? Okay, we're good. You know, mark the position instead of, of speeding ahead on that sort of thing. And and like I said, in my own life, I I have seen him change and will continue to see that. And and I think it's also, you know, we we talked about, you know, fixing that frayed connection, doing the huddle process. I think the next step is also acceptance. Like, okay, yes. this is what it is. Maybe the idea in my head of what marriage would look like in my 40s is not the current reality. And I have a spouse who does love me even if it irritates the shit out of me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and think about like, I, I mean, I'm going to be in about Ish. a month. I'm going to be 64 and I won't tell you how Vanessa is, but so we, she's 38. <laughs> she is. <laughs> so you get to this point in, yeah. you know, age and how you connect with each other physically. Yes. Now, and not only now, but process over the last several years. It's, it's different. It, it's so, it's so different. And, yes. you know, you still have those expectations of when you were younger that they're going to be a certain way. And, and as a, and a man, I, I will freely admit that this has been really, really difficult. It, and, and, and it's a really a uh, a lack of what I should have been understanding all along with my knowledge of hormones and gynecology and but you know your drive sometimes just like it puts that stuff to the side and you're as a as a male you're just like well come on let's go why you know why can't we why can't this be the way it was before. And 
it takes a lot of working through and, and and we just have known too many couples that one of the things before we start coaching them that they all talk about is that they're not satisfied with their sex life that is it's something that because it's not just the little blue pill damn it yeah you're not the same people right. that you were in your 20s when you were having crazy hot sex it just is right. the truth it's it different. Is. And I it think is. you're exactly right. It comes in that acceptance piece. And acceptance yeah. is hard. <laughs> it's yeah. so hard. We want to fight it all the time. But it is. And once we can just get to the place of like, it is, then the next step is like, so what's that look like now? You know, and going into creativity rather than sitting in resentment and just overall pissed offness. Because yeah. it's because it's evolving. And it always, always will evolve. It. it always will yes. evolve. And you know, of course, what what is at the, the base and the foundation is love and respect. And you have to have that there yes. and, and trust. You yes. know, all, all those things. If you've got the foundation, this other stuff that's above the foundation, like a broken window, yeah. you know, or a broken threshold or something like that. That could, you know, that's that's chatter, that's noise. That can be fixed, but if this foundation's not there, it, it's awful hard. That's got to be strong for you to be able to handle those other things. And I'm chuckling because I want to say, you know what a threshold is. <laughs> that hurts. <laughs> that really hurts. Oh, I'm glad you guys are still taking dives at each other. That's great. Well, Vanessa and Dr. Jeep, it is great. We're going to have to get some more stuff scheduled because we can sit and talk forever and ever. What's the one thing that you want listeners to take away from from our little chitty chat today? I'll tell you, Erin, one of the big things that I find with our colleagues is that as healthcare people in in our training, we we feel like we can handle everything on our own. And if we keep keep working at it, that we're going to do it. Or fix it. Right. You're been, you've been trained to fix everything. It is. I just want, you know, want them to, you know, allow themselves to be vulnerable and yeah. to seek help instead of continuing to go down the same road with the same results and not know really how to change that. And as coaches, we use our own marriage as examples. We can, and we're free, you know, we're pretty free about the foibles and the, the pain points. So Very our desire points. and our mission is to help. So people out there, my colleagues that are out there that are listening, please, please seek help. And there's no judgment here, except for the fact that we just want to help you. Absolutely. Where's the best place for people to come and connect with you, chitty chat with you, look at all your stuff, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I invite everyone to go to our website, which is bestfriendsagain.com. And the love huddle process is on there. It's free. They can download that. Uh, Another tool is the free chapter to Dr. Jeep's book. And just a great way to get in touch with us. Two things that, and, and that one is my book, um, what's forever for a physician's guide to everlasting love and success in marriage. 
And, Man- and Vanessa and I are going to be part of a webinar in May yes. about moral injury and clarity in marriage. And I'll let you know more, more about that the closer it gets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we'll send that out on the newsletter, definitely. Well, guys, yeah. thanks so much for coming. And I'm so glad to sit down with you. Again, we're going to have to to do this more often than what we have been. Thank you so much, Erin. It is so nice. Yes. I mean, we, we, you know, we consider you more than a podcaster. We, we're friends. Yeah, there you go. we've looked at you like that, and it's just so enjoyable to spend time with you. Mm-hmm. friend. So my word of the year for 2023 is going to be slacking for two reasons. One, I am really going to pull back the throttle in 2023 and see what life is like when I just do enough, not extra, not overboard, not overworking, burning myself out, burning candle at both ends, slacking, something I don't think I've really ever done my entire life. I'm excited about it, but I'm also worried, of course, (laughs) the classic OCD overworker, how this is going to be. The other reason that slack is going to be my word in 2023 is that's where I'm going to hang out. You're not going to see me in a lot of new places. I'm just going to be waiting for you in my DMs on Slack. Yeah, I'll probably occasionally post on Instagram and still send out a few emails, but you're going to see a change in Burnt Out to Badass and Dr. Me First. You're going to just see me waiting willingly and quietly in the corner for those who are ready for help. No more blasting lots of advertisements and marketing and pushing people. When you're ready, you'll come and we're going to see how it goes. So there you go. That's my word for the year. How about you? Have you picked a word? I'd love to hear about it. Send me an email. Better yet, send me a DM in Slack. Or maybe you want to join me and let's make theorists the year of slacking. All right, friend. Remember, if work is your drug, rest is your recovery. Come over and hang out with Slack and me and start slacking off a little bit in life.
Strut and heavy lids. Strut to 